0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: If you have your Bible and will turn with me in the Old Testament to the book of Habakkuk, chapter number 1, I'm going to begin reading verses 1, 2, and 3. And so while you're finding that, that's one of those books that you might have to lick your thumb twice Turning the pages to find <laughs> to find the book of havoc, but uh, we are certainly living in an hour where questions are filling the hearts and the minds of men and women everywhere. Not the least of which, even the church. You know, we are living in un- uncertain times, and and uh, I know that a lot of preaching and teaching and and comments and certainly recent events uh, that we have attended, camp meeting and things of that nature, speakers are talking about this. It, it is it is red hot on the lips of many people because it's really where we are. It's where our minds at least should be. And so I want us to turn here in uh, this little known and uh, small book of the Bible and let's see what we can pull from here. In just a few minutes. The Bible says in verse number 1. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Verse, verse 2 and verse 3. I want you to really if you will to look at. Not just the wording the verbiage. But the passion of which um, this man spoke. He said oh Lord how long shall I cry. And thou will not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence. And thou will not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Now, you know, I I think probably for the most part, a lot of people here have at least heard that we should never question the Lord and uh you know we have confidence in his sovereignty and his wisdom and that he has all things in his hands and uh but most of all m- most people like me we have uh we said i know i'm not supposed to question the lord but but i have a question and uh you know, we're not trying to be obnoxious or disrespectful but when tragedy or calamity strikes your life and and you find yourself in a place that you never anticipated being uh it's a fair thing in in my in my estimation that in our own human weakness and frailty we would say what 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 <laughs> not disrespectfully god never or job never charged god foolishly never sinned with his lips and I'm thankful for that but i know that job was wrapped of the same flesh and the clay that we are all wrapped with and he had the same thoughts and ideas and passions and so uh, I just want to talk to you for just a few minutes with this question, What is going on? What is going on? because we look around us and I think that's a fair question. I think that's a fair question for where we are today in America. I think we could just ask ourselves honestly and um and and uh without sin or guile on our lips and just say, What is going on? We never anticipated. Even just a few years ago where we are today and we look around uh we look around the, the political scene that is that is hot and heavy and is a conversation fresh on all lips and rightly so, we ask ourselves what is going on. So Habakkuk began with a question that as I said most of us most of us at some point, if you haven't, you probably will ask yourself what in the world is going on? Had lived in a turbulent world, he lived in a season and a time of increasing violence. It just seemed as though in this, if we can take ourselves now from our world to his world for just a moment, that, that, that wrong seemed to thrive and right seemed so out of place. It sounds so familiar, doesn't it? He complained to God of the wrongs of his nation and of the consequences and he asked and, shalt, and and thou will not save, or, or you won't hear what, what's going on. Why are you showing me these things, but not giving me any answer? Why are you pointing out all the problems and the violence and all of the evil and all of the error, but you give me no answer? And this continuance of evil, certainly unchecked, is an anomaly in, in this man's eyes, in this prophet's eyes, and rightly so. Even cry I unto thee of the violence. I cry unto you of all the wrong that is going on rampantly in our society. He speaks of the wrong as if it were done to him. And understand this was just something that was going on in his nation. But I would say to us this morning that we ought to be concerned about what's going on in our world. Whether it's happening in our driveway or not. We should be concerned of what's going on in a nation that was built upon the principles of God, and yet we have, without any reservation, extracted God from everything, everything. And, and we have not only taken God out, but we have replaced that with vile, 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 vile evil. Amen. So it wasn't happening to him, but he was grieved when he looked around and saw what was going on. The violence that was widespread. One verse says, spoiling and violence are before me. Spoiling would be equivalent to plundering and robbery and violence, of course, uh, what it is, the, the, the conduct that wrongs others. Verse 3 says that iniquity abounded. There are those who raise up strife and contention. They are just there, the problems that are in our world. And so we're not talking about Problems that are, uh, and I, I want you to take this out of con- context or mistake what I'm saying, but we're not talking about problems in that someone uh, stole a few items out of a convenience store. But we're talking about where people are taking lives in mass, mass murder. And, and, and we're talking about the evil that is, that is bound up in the heart of young people that are, that are, uh, making allegiances with spirits and things of this world that is so much larger than them. And, uh, he said, iniquity abound. There are those that raise up strife and contention. Verse four says, judgment doth never, judgment doth never go forth. Right seems to be powerless and justice seems to be hidden. Those who are doing right are just surrounded by those that are doing wrong. Amen. It just seems like this meeting here today, we're trying to do the right thing. But we understand that we're... I I didn't come to paint your world, Gray. Just hang on with me now. We understand that we're holding a small light, it seems at times, against the prevailing darkness of our world. And at times, it makes questions encroach upon our own lives. It seems... That what Habakkuk was facing that day parallels so much the hour in which we're living now. We live in a country where violence and evil abounds. Uh, I I read a a report, I'm not sure of its accuracy, so I wouldn't want you to just leave here and tell the world this, but I read a report recently uh, where where there have been some travel um, warnings that have gone out around the world about some places in the U.S. not being safe to travel to right now because of the events and we 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 were almost i almost felt insulted by that because this should be the safest place in the world this should be the haven of all havens to come to and I thought and now our world our nation this place that has with open armed welcome men and women of all creed and color from all over the world that says you can come here and find a better life and now there is a warning that you you may have your life taken if you go to that nation and so we're living in a country where violence and evil will abound it seems that the laws are powerless to stop the wrong we see wrong called right and see right called wrong justice perverted even within our justice system things that pass for right are distorted and sometimes it seems as though we are faced with a hopeless situation amen sometimes we feel like Habakkuk. yes we do what is going on what where where are we to turn what what will we encounter next he seemed to think that since god had not stopped this iniquity that he never would that just because god hasn't stepped in yet that must mean that he never will haven't we all been there amen in our own personal situations we think that god just because god hasn't moved now that may in our minds mean that God is never going to move. But I've come to stand against that particular train of thought and tell you that just because God hasn't done anything right now doesn't mean that God is just somewhere in a chaise lounge unconcerned about our circumstances or our situation. Amen. He seemed to think that God had not put an end to this. And so there must just be another comma in this sentence of evil. But God will not disregard prevalent evil. ¿Vale? He will not turn His eyes from that. He never has and He never will. God is always in control and always involved in our lives. Amen. God's problem isn't the ungodly. His problem and His eye is fixed on the church. And so where should we be today? Amen. I trust that we're not just twirling our thumbs and I hope that we're not curled in a corner of fear and uncertainty. But I say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But I know. I know a God... Who has all of this in His hand. He has this situation. Amen. I I want to kind of speak in a dual manner or twofold, If I may here this morning, I know that I could just address the sentiments of our feelings concerning our nation and our political affairs and our future. But can I also tell you that wherever you are in your own personal journey right now, that God has the answer. Amen. And that answer, He's not hiding it from us to play with our emotions or toy with our feelings God is not on an ego trip amen and so I tell you this morning that no matter how lost you may feel to yourself God is in control and he knows exactly what he's doing praise God amen we ought to be highly concerned as righteous people about the interest of where we are as a people, as a church, and as a nation. We ought to find ourselves in prayer before God for those that are not only leading our nation, but I'm going to tell you today, as much as you may think I'm feathering my own nest, please don't fail to pray for the leadership of this church. Amen. Don't pray. Don't fail to pray for Sister Boyd and I. We ask very, very little of you. Amen. Or at least that's our opinion that we ask little of you. And uh, but we but but here a while back when somebody wanted to formulate uh, a pastor and pastors why prayer and do that on a monthly basis every day I voted yes amen. As a matter of fact I signed my name up to do just that myself. Why? Because we don't just need to pray for those in Washington or those in Tallahassee, but we need to pray for those that stand behind this desk that God would anoint my mind, my heart, my eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we should pray as we, as earnestly as we've ever prayed before. We have to watch now. We have to watch this, this passage of scripture. We started out reading just a few verses, but you have to be careful when you begin to read through this chapter because we are hearing Habakkuk. We are hearing him lay out his plan, his complaints. He is levying these complaints. He's got questions that he's presented to God, questions that I think are legitimate questions. But God is not going to just stay silent forever. In verse number 5, God gives some great hope to this circumstance. The Bible says in verse number 5, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously. Here is the hope now. He said, For I will work in your days You which ye will not believe. I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told you. Here is Habakkuk thinking, I don't know what in the world's going on. Evil and violence seems prevalent. You are showing me all of these things. You're letting me see all these things, but I don't have an answer about all of this. And God said, in the midst of all this mess, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of this chaos, He said, I will work a work in your day which you will not believe though it be told you. And so that may be somewhat the silence of God. If He told us what He had plan for us. If he told us what he was going to do in our life, would we embrace that or would we reject that? If God moved divinely in this house this morning in the next 30 seconds and said, "Here is the plan that I have for Hatchman Apostolic Church," would we rise and embrace that plan or would we clutter that plan with all kind of how you're going to do, with all kind of questions and wondering? Would we find ourselves like Zacharias when he said to his wife, "You're going to have a," when he said, "You're." Going to have a child about his wife. You're going to have a child, and this child is going to. Zacharias was so filled with doubt until the Lord had to strike him dumb. Not ignorant, but he struck him dumb where he could not talk. He said, If I don't silence you, you will talk yourself out of a miracle. Amen. And so, Havocate, just hold on. Because if I were to tell you the plans that I have for you you would not believe it though I told you though I laid it all out you would not believe it and so I say God I don't want to mistake your silence for unconcerned (laughs) I don't want to mistake your silence that you have somehow turned your back on me and that you have avoided me and that you have let me down in the hour of my greatest need but God said hang on sir I'm going to work a work in your day I'm going to work a work in your mess I am going to do something in your life that you would not believe if I told you. Praise God. Amen. There have been some prayers I'm thankful God didn't answer when I asked Him to. Would have scared the bananas out of me. God had just said, well, all right, I'll tell you. You know, we always want to know. We want to know around the corner. We want to know what's on the next page of the calendar. But if God were to show us, and that doesn't always have to be calamity, but if God were to show us what He's going to do, and so I believe that God is telling us to look around. I believe that God is telling us the same thing. What will that work be? I believe ultimately, ultimately that that work is going to be the fact that He's going to call the church out of all of this. Amen. Amen. How many you still believe heaven? <laughs> Amen. You got so quiet on me about that, it scared me for just a minute. But I believe that God's ultimately going to call the church out of this. And that heaven is going to be our home. Amen. (laughs) I don't want to be negative to you today or sound that way, but I believe that, that in this day we may see things grow worse and worse. And our faith put more and more to the test, challenge. Again, I'm not being cynical, but that's just where we are. Who would have thought five years ago we would be where we are today? And so the climate may even get worse. The weather, the storm clouds may get a little bit lower. But can I tell you that the God that said, I will do a work in your day to have it, can step into our circumstance in 2016 in this 21st century and say, don't you get dissuaded. I know it's not like yesterday or 10 years ago or a generation go, but I will do a work in your day in the midst of all of this that you wouldn't believe if I were to tell you praise God I'm thankful for, for God so now God goes on to speak and 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 so Habakkuk goes back to God in prayer and for the sake of time I'm just rushing through this so Habakkuk now begins to pray again and and in the midst of this prayer God spoke to Habakkuk, and if I may put it this way, I believe that in this conversation, so to speak, between Habakkuk, the prophet, and God, that they together unearth one of the most absolute central themes of the entire Bible. Now, I know that's a big statement, (laughs) but here it is. In the midst of the perplexity of Habakkuk, in the midst of his plea with God, he says, I'm going to do a work in your day. That if it were told you, you wouldn't believe it. Habakkuk goes back to God in prayer. And for several verses, he just prays and prays and prays. In the midst of all of this, Habakkuk 2 and 4, it says in part, The Lord said, The just shall live by faith. The central theme of the entire word of God. How are we going to do this? The just. Shall live by faith. How are we going to make it? How are we going to decide? We're going to make this by faith. How are we going to handle this journey? We're going to handle this by faith. How am I going to wake up and face my tomorrow when it seems to be dotted with such uncertainty? We're going to do this by faith. We're going to walk into the the furnace of uncertainty like the Hebrew children walked into the furnace of the king. They did so by faith. We are going to walk. If it were rewritten, hear me today. Some people that we know by name, we have probably... We have probably put our hand in theirs if Hebrews 11 were to be rewritten. We will have known some of those names. We will have rubbed shoulders with some of those great men and women that would be and could be written there again. How did they do it? They walked there by faith. By faith. And as you move along in this chapter, you get to verse 20, and you'll read yet another affirmation of the Lord. Habakkuk 2.20, But the Lord... But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. This knowledge calls habits to remain faithful and in hope the Lord is in his holy temple God has all of this in control and so we can remain faithful Jeremiah 23 and 24 said did I not feel that did I not feel the earth saith the Lord I have this I have this Ephesians 1 and 23 says that God feels all in all he has this Amen God has this in his hands Ephesians 1 and 23 says Amen that God feels all in all all oh everything. We are always before Him. Always in His presence. Always, amen, under His watchful eye. Always before His throne. We are always at His footstool. I'm thankful to be serving a God. And so when I ask myself, when my heart is overwhelmed, and I say, what is going on? I have to remember that God is doing a work in this day. Amen. That God is still on His throne. And that God feels all the earth. And that God feels all in all. There will not be enough evil to chase God away. There'll be not enough debauchery to intimidate God out of the situation or off the scene. Amen. And so havoc it just decides. I'm going to praise and I'm going to worship the Lord. And so can I tell the church that what we ought to be doing this this day, what we ought to be doing in this hour and in this climate is don't let your praise be silenced and don't let your worship wane down. Don't let your prayer life drift. Amen. Keep your keep your your heart in this book Amen. keep your hope in this book. Why? Why? Because what's going on? God, He has it. Amen. God has it. I'm not trying to sound this morning superficial. I'm telling you that God, He sets men up and He takes men down. Amen. We're wondering where is our nation headed? And what should we do when we get to that poll? How should we vote? Let me tell you this morning, amen, that God is the one that's going to set somebody in place. And God can take them down that doesn't negate our responsibility but I'm going to tell you that God has this thing in his hand his holy hands amen he has this thing in his hands praise God let me hasten to a close Habakkuk 3 and 19 the Lord God is my strength same man now and He will make my feet like hinds' feet. And He will make me to walk upon mine high places. <laughs> the same guy that opened chapter 1 going, Hey, what's up? Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. The same man that said, Why? Why are you doing this? He said, After prayer, praise, and worship... That just seemed to kind of clear the lens and bring it all into focus. Amen. God spoke to him. And when God got through talking to him, he said, He will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon high places. The the difference was in him. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, he said, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither the fruit, neither shall fruit be in the vine's. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Verse 18 said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'll tell you what worship and praise does if we truly do it right. I'm not just talking about going through the motions. But if we truly worship and praise God from our heart, it gets our eyes off of us and our eyes off of Him. And we realize the majesty and the magnitude of the God that we are serving. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? When we turn to God and express our love to Him, He, He brings hope into our heart even in the midst of hopeless situations. And so I say that righteous people, Holy Ghost filled people should never lose sight that God is on the side of righteousness and that God hears the prayer of righteous people. Amen. Those are two things that we should never lose sight of. Even when God delays an answer or even appears that He denies a prayer, we have to trust that His timing isn't ours and that and God is not relegated to our thoughts and our ideas. Amen. Amen. So I ask you this question. Where do we turn in our time of need? Where do we go? What do, what do we do? Amen. I think that when we praise God, positive things happen. Amen. I'll not belabor the story, but many years ago, my wife was facing something in And the Lord just laid in her heart, as superficial as this may sound, just to repeat it. But the Lord laid on her heart that you are to praise your way out of this. Now that would have been a wonderful word if she had been in the mood to praise. That would have been fabulous if she had been in the mindset of praise and worship. But you see, when the rug gets pulled out from under your world, it's a little harder to get your hands around those things that should seem common to us. But she took God at His Word and she just began to praise her way out of that. I'm not talking about three minutes or thirty minutes or three days or thirty days. But i just got to praise my way out of this. I've got to let God... Turn the tide of all of this. So I'm going to turn to God. That's where I'm going. And so here I close with this, John six sixty six. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go also will you also go away? Then Simon Peter, thank God for Simon. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? For Thou hast the words of eternal life. life. And we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to tell you where I'm turning. Amen. I'm turning to Him. Because there is our real hope. There is our real hope. What's going on? I don't have all the answers. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn to Him. I'm going to put my faith, my trust, my confidence in Him. Would you lift your hands and could we magnify the Lord together for this holy word today?
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7:30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.